This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 108. Hi, I'm Jeff Sanders, author of The 5 a.m. Miracle, Dominate Your Day Before Breakfast. You know, my day just doesn't feel complete without a dose of this. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my friend, Jeff Brown. Jeff, most people don't write the story, they read their story. Somebody else writes it. And if somebody else writes my story, it's never going to be the story that God intended for me. I have to write it. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth. The topic of leadership is always central to our discussion, but we also dig into personal development, productivity, career, business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Today is truly special as you and I get to learn from none other than John Maxwell, author of over 100 books and most recently author of Intentional Living, Choosing a Life That Matters, and I believe it to be John's most personal book to date. Among other things, I'll be asking John about the difference between success and what it truly means to live a life of significance, some of the benefits that come your way when you choose to live intentionally, the importance of understanding your why and how it helps you find your way, and a lot more. You may have heard me mention recently that in early 2016, I'll be launching what I'm calling Read to Lead University. Read to Lead University will be a membership site specifically for listeners to the Read to Lead podcast. At its core, I'll be leading you in taking what we're learning week in and week out from our guests and helping you to apply it to your unique situation. We'll do that in a number of ways, including a monthly fast track class, monthly office hour calls, our book club and discussion group, and you'll have early access to future Read to Lead courses. In short, if you're serious about your personal and professional development and growth, Read to Lead University was designed especially for you. Initially, the site will be in beta and open to only 50 people at the outset. If you'd like to be put on the waiting list and be notified when registration opens, simply text the word UNIVERSITY to 33444. That's UNIVERSITY to 33444. If you live outside the U.S. or simply prefer to visit our website instead, you can do so at readtoleadpodcast.com. Sign up for our mailing list at the right of the page and be sure to check the box marked Read to Lead University. Today's guest probably needs no introduction, but we're going to go ahead and give him the courtesy of one anyway. His name is John Maxwell, and he's a number one New York Times bestselling author, coach, and speaker, and has sold more than 25 million books in 50 languages. He's often called America's number one leadership authority, ranked number one on the American Management Association's list of business leaders for 2014. That year, he received the Mother Teresa Prize for Global Peace and Leadership from the Luminary Leadership Network and was also identified as the most influential leadership expert in the world by Business Insider and Inc. magazine. 
For six years, he's been voted the top leadership professional on leadershipgurus.net. As founder of the John Maxwell Company, the John Maxwell Team, and Equip, he has trained more than 5 million leaders in nearly every country of the world. And each year, John speaks to Fortune 500 companies, presidents of nations, and many of the world's top business leaders. He's just released his latest book called Intentional Living, Choosing a Life That Matters. And I am thrilled to have him as a guest. John, welcome to Read to Lead. Hey, Jeff. Great to be with you. I'm so excited about uh, just a little bit of time together. Hope we can add value to everybody that uh, comes to you for some leadership guidance. Well, uh, John establishes early on in the book that, that deep down we, we all want one thing. We want our lives to matter. We want our stories to be of significance. But uh, it's easy, John says, for, for many of us to be intimidated by that word. So, John, I'd love for you to talk about not only what you mean by that word significance, but also what you don't mean. Well, significance, Jeff, is intentionally adding value to people. Uh, in other words, uh, if I, in your life, do something intentional to add value to you, I feel that I've, I've become a very significant person. Significance is all about others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a world difference between success and significance. Um, Tony George, who's on the Indianapolis 500, I'd go up and I would talk to the racers and uh, and, and the owners and, and, and then sit in a suite and watch the race with him. And we were having lunch right before the race one year. And he looked at me and said, John, what's the difference between success and significance? And I said, Tony, the difference I think is that success is mainly about me, my career, what I'm doing to, to make a living and how well I'm doing in it. And I think significance is uh, mainly about others. And uh, sadly, many people, they strive all their life for success, but they don't realize that the greatest fulfillment in life is, is significance. I was recently in Guatemala, the president of the country asked us to come in. And uh, so I was there and I was took about 300 of my coaches there. And we were going to do some, uh, what we call uh, leadership value round tables with about 20,000 people there. Mm. And I told those coaches, Jeff, I said, now for the next four days, it's going to be all about adding value to other people. And I said, at the end of the four days, you're going to begin to experience something beautiful in your life. And, and what you're going to experience is the fact that you literally lost yourself, but you found yourself. Mm-hmm. You found yourself in what you did with others. And, and then I made the statement, once you taste significance, success will never satisfy. Wow. And I believe, that to, I believe that to be true. And I wrote the book, Intentional Living, because I think people wait too long to taste significance. I, I, I think it's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I think that they think they've got to do something big, uh, amazing. And so they say, well, I'm not old enough or, um, my gosh, I, I don't have enough money. So I can't give a lot of money away or I don't have enough influence or positions or titles. And the book is all about, no, no, you can this moment today, right now, intentionally live in such a way that every day you add value to people and you begin to have a little piece of significance in your life, uh, while you're living. And uh, I love this because what we're finding is that uh, moms and dads are even sitting down with their kids and they're basically uh, coming alongside of them saying, hey, let's, what are we going to do to add value to people today? And they're making really intentional living projects. So anyway, I wrote that book because I just believe, I just believe that most people really do want to make their life count. And I believe the way to do that is to begin to intentionally add value to others. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that role of parents, uh, this is a very personal book, and I'd, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what your childhood was like. John, how did your parents instill intentionality in you as a young boy? 
Well, you know, uh, my father, by the way, is still living. He's 94. Mm. And uh, in fact, he was just with us uh, a week ago. We celebrated his 94th birthday. Mm. And um, my father really knew how to add value to people intentionally. So I watched him. He was a college president. As a child, I remember going across the campus with you. And we might walk 100 yards. And, 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 and it'd take 30 minutes because <laughs> as students would come by, we'd stop. He called him a name, knew him a name. And uh, how are you doing? How are you doing your studies? Glad you're here. What can we do to help you? And I just watched him. I just watched him. Mm. And and uh, and I, I watched the eyes of people who just their their face lit up when my father stopped to talk to them. <laughs> I can remember one day, and I was very young, probably fourth, fifth grade. I can remember holding his hand, walking across the campus. And by the time we finished that walk, I just said, "I want to be like my dad. I want to. I want to add value to people." And so uh, when I graduated from college and was, I was going into the pastoral ministry, I asked my dad, I said, how can I be really, really good at what I'm doing? How can I be successful in this area? And he said, John, he told me three things. He said, every day intentionally, and again, notice that word, every day intentionally. He said three things, value people, believe in people, and unconditionally love them. Mm-hmm. I have made that now. I mean, I was I was 22 then. I'm 68 now. Mm. All of these years, that's been my grid. I value people, believe in them, unconditionally love them. And he said, John, if you'll do that, now he's speaking in a pastoral context, and he said, John, if you'll do that, uh, you'll always have crowds to speak to mm. because they because they they're not valued normally. Very few mm. people really believe in him. And then he looked at me and said, and probably no one unconditionally loves you. What he taught me then is he said that you, you, you're, you, you will become, because you do that, you'll become greater than even the message. And, and so anyway, I tried, I've tried to do that and I've tried to live that. And all of a sudden I began to say, I think I can help other people do that very same thing. And so this book I'm very, very passionate about. I've written 102 books, they tell me, but <laughs> this is the book. This, and I don't know. Somebody asked me, hey, I can write 102 books. I said, well, you got to be old, first of all. <laughs> let's, just, let's just start with the basics. You, you don't do that when you're young. you got, you got to be old. So old qualifies you to a certain extent. But the mm. point be, um, of all the books I've written, uh, this one is, um, to me, the most important book, mm. probably that I will ever write, because it's a book that is kind of like a roadmap to just help people start to live with intentional acts of kindness towards others of which they'll find fulfillment like mm. they'll receive from no other place. Well, one of the great things about living with intentionality, John says, is there are a number of benefits available to us when, when we do that. Uh, there are seven in the book, uh, and John, you don't have to name them all, but, uh, but what have you found to be some of the pros of, of intentional living? Well, you know, Jeff, I, I, there are seven. I, I want to talk about just one because I think one is all anybody needs to realize to mm. see what a difference it makes. And, and that is that when you intentionally live, you really make the day you're living in this day today mm. really count. And it's been my discovery over the years that, that uh, people underestimate today. And I know that. I know that because uh, so many times they say, well, you know, tomorrow, you know, I'll get to that tomorrow. Oh, my gosh, you know what? Next week, I want to. And, and so they're living a life of good intentions, which um, gives no success at all in anybody's life, nor significance. Uh, you, the book is all about how do you take good intentions and turn them into good actions. Mm. So what I found is that we overestimate tomorrow and we underestimate today. Bad mistake. Mm. 
And so therefore, we don't make every day our masterpiece. Now that phrase, make every day your masterpiece, came from my mentor, John Wood. Mm. who was the great coach for UCLA. And, and uh, if I've heard him say once to me, I've heard him say uh, 50 times, <laughs> John, make every day your masterpiece. Mm. And I asked him one day, I said, Coach, well, why is that so important to you? And he said, here, let me tell you. He said, my players at UCLA, uh, during practice, they maybe weren't given 100%. They were tired. Maybe they did a bad job on a test. Their girlfriend broke up them. He said, you got a dozen reasons why a person's not given 100%. But he said, I went to him. And I'd say, I said, I see you're, you're not giving me 100% today. You're not giving yourself 100%. And, uh, he said, I just want to tell you, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'm slacking off today, but you know, tomorrow, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm doing 70% today, but what if tomorrow I'll do 130%? He said, I put my arm around him. And I, I tell him, you can't do 130% tomorrow. Mm. Now, what you can do tomorrow is 100%. And what you can do today is 100%. But nobody can do better than 100%. So, if you do 70% today, even if you do 100% tomorrow, you've left 30% of your possibilities on the table. Mm. And he said, I want them to understand that they could never make up for a bad day. And I was helping them to understand that be intentional, do your best today, make today count. And I love that. I love that because I think many, many people, they're postponing significance in their life. Mm. They're, they're postponing good acts that they could be doing today. One of the things that's just beautiful in this is, we, you know, if, if we have a, a free, if they, people go online, they can go to start7day.com, which is basically a seven days, which I do a three-minute video on significance every day. And, and uh, it's just to help people kind of get in the habit of intentionally living. And what we're hearing from, I mean, we're getting thousands and thousands of responses, but, but basically what we're hearing is parents are even sitting out their children and watching this three-minute video and then mm -hmm. stopping and saying, okay, what are we going to do today to add value to someone? Mm -hmm. And they get an, an intentional living project every day. And, and I mean, it could be simple. My, I, Margaret and I have five grandchildren. You know, grand, hey, grandchildren are God's reward for you, not killing children. Anyway. And trust me, you know, when they're teenagers, you just kind of ask yourself, should I let them live? <laughs> let them live. Hey, let them live, and they'll give you, they'll let you, give you that first grandchild, and they'll give you that first grandchild. You know, all, all is well. But, you know, now I understand why I let my children live. But anyway, <laughs> it, 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 so I get my grandchildren together. I was with James the other day. He's nine. And I said, James, okay, buddy. It was the need we were having dinner together. I said, what, what are you going to do tomorrow to add value to somebody? So we talked about it a moment. He said, you know what, Papa? He said, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to open doors for people. I'm just going to, when somebody's near a door, I'm going to open the door for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, I'm not only going to do that. He said, I'm going to smile and I'm going to say to them, have a good day. <laughs> I said, James, that's just beautiful. I said, I want you to do that. And, and let me know how it went. And that evening he called me. He said, Papa, he said, I just want you to know. He said, now, now watch this. He's nine years old. He said, I opened 42 doors today for wow. people. And, and he said, I smiled. I said, have a good day. I said, James, how's that make you feel? Oh, he said, it makes me feel wonderful. He said, I'm going to make a habit of opening doors for people. Mm. Now, that's the point. The point is <laughs> that you could be significant as a child. And because significance is all about adding value to people. And, and there's a statement that I just love. And this just kind of helps, I think. Everybody grab a hold of why we have to live intentionally. And the statement is this. Anything worthwhile is uphill. Anything worthwhile. Mm. You, you name one thing worthwhile in your life. Talk about a worthwhile relationship and tell me that you didn't have to work on that. <laughs> you, you talk about, talk about a, a, a paper that you got an A on and you, tell me you didn't have to work and study. Mm. But anything worthwhile is uphill. And by the way, anything that's not worthwhile is downhill. And most people, Jeff, 
they don't lead their life intentionally. They mm-hmm. accept their life. And this book is a book that says, wait a minute, you don't have to accept your life. You can lead your life. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, because when when they pick up this book, this is a guide for from day one. I mean, from day one for them to begin to live a fulfilled life of significance by intentionally adding value to other people. Mm. Well, there's this concept that's, uh, that's talked about in chapter three. John mentions starting small, but believing big. And I'd love it, John, if you could share a bit about uh, your small start as a young man just out of college and, and how that experience has helped you and encouraged you these last uh, four plus decades. Well, you, you don't start any smaller than I did. You know, <laughs> I graduated from college the 1st of June. Margaret and I got married on the 14th of June. And the 1st of July, I went to my first little church in southern Indiana in a little place called Hillham. Now, mm. nobody has heard of Hillham. <laughs> uh, I mean, Hill, Hillham has 11 houses, two garages, <laughs> one country store. I'm from Indiana, and I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, 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 and uh and I mean, when I say it's a little country church, it was a little country church. And the first Sunday there, uh, we had three people in attendance, of which Margaret and I were two of the three. So, <laughs> you know, okay, is that starting small? Is mm. that started small? And and uh, but I remember what my father told me. You know, uh, my father said, "John, intentionally every day, value people." And so, uh, you know, I valued that day my wife and the old lady who lived by the church who, who came to church that day. And, and I, I just believed in people. I started uh, visiting them and, and putting belief in them. And we just began to grow. And uh, we, 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 you know, we grew in about a year and a half to about 300 people. Mm. And uh, what it taught me more than anything else is that uh, you don't have to be big. You don't have to be important. You don't have to have a place where everybody notices you. You just have to take one person at a time and ask yourself the simple question. What am I going to do today to add value to that person? And, and I do that every, every morning. Uh, I mean, I, I thought about today. I thought, I, I thought about being with you, Jeff. <laughs> and I went through you know, some questions you sent ahead for me. And, and I kept asking myself, how can I add value to him? Mm. I mean, he, you work hard. You work very hard at, at, at providing for your people some great principles of life and success to add value to them. I mean, this is, this is your, this is your passion. This is what you, Jeff. So very simple. I ask myself, what can I do to add value to you? And, and to do that, you know, the barrier that we all have to overcome is selfishness because we're, you know, we're born selfish. I'm, I'm selfish. I, I have to fight selfishness every day. And, and again, anything worthwhile is uphill. And so I've got to fight against the fact that I want everybody to take care of me. I got to fight against in the morning, instead of asking myself, the question intentionally, how am I going to add value to people, Jeff? I got to. I, I I want to ask, who's going to add value to me? Mm. Who's going to take care of me? Mm. What's good? What good things are going to happen to me today? <laughs> and I'm I'm much more interested in reaping than sowing. And yet, success basically says, if you're intentional, you just sow good words and deeds every day. There's going to be a huge harvest, and and I know that for a fact. I'm 68, and I'm reaping a huge harvest. Uh, that it, it compounds. What's beautiful is small acts of kindness compound someday into big things. But, but I've got to do them intentionally. I've got to do them every day. In fact, there are three words, I think, that describe intentional living the very best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those three words, I just like them because when a person hears them and gets them, they say, I, I got this intentional living. And you know, the first word is deliberate. 
I got to forget my life. I got to think about today. I got to get up in the morning and say, okay, I got to think about this. Who am I going to add value to today? The second word is consistency. It's not like I, I did this like three months ago on, on the second Tuesday of the month. <laughs> it, 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 it means I do this every day. Mm. Every day I, I, I do it. And again, consistency compounds. The most underestimated word in the English language, I believe, is consistency. Uh, we, 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 like, we like charisma and we like genius and, and, and we like brilliant and, <laughs> and we like creative. We, we like those words. But I'm here to tell you every day if I add value to people, consistency compounds. So deliberate, I got to think about it. Consistency, I've got to do it. And then willful. Uh, intentional living is all about choice. I, here's what's beautiful. I get to choose this. Hmm. I get to choose this life of significance. No one else gets to choose it for me. They can't take it away from me. It's my personal choice. And that's what intentional living is all about. And once I understand it and I grab hold of this principle, I, I can tell you the quickest way and the most successful way for a person to make their life more beautiful is just to become intentional every day in adding value to people. Well, I'm curious to know, John, why you believe it's so important that we do whatever we have to do to determine uh, what you call our one thing. Why is that so crucial? You can't find others and help them if you haven't, first of all, found yourself. So it, it starts with me. Now, I've already talked about selfishness, but, but I tell people, be very selfish in finding your purpose. You know, there are two great days in our lives the day we were born and the day we discovered why. Mm. And and everybody gets the first day, the birthday. <laughs> but not everybody gets the second day, the, the day I found my why, my why, my reason, why am I alive, why am I here, my purpose, my reason for living. And I think one of the most important chapters in the book is, is how to discover your why, because uh, I just have found that if people have never discovered the why, their purpose, they're just lost. And, and because they're still trying to find themselves, they certainly can't be intentional about helping other people. So it's almost like I got to get my act together before I can add value to other people and help them get their act together. And so in the book, uh, just kind of to condense it quickly, in the book I talk about the fact to discover your purpose, you got to ask yourself two questions. What am I passionate about and what am I good at? And uh, passion gives me energy. And if I don't have passion, I won't be consistent. Uh, people without passion lack energy, lack consistency. So I just say, hey, what, 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 what do you love? What, what do you love? I, for example, I, I, I've been teaching leadership and writing books now for a long time. Mm. And people ask me all the time, they say, well, John, are you going to retire? And I, and I say, I have no desire to retire. I mean, I mean why, why would I want to retire? <laughs> I mean, work is only work if you'd rather be doing something else. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 and I'd rather be doing this. I'd rather be today, when I'm done, and when jump in my car and we'll go out to my golf club and I want to play a few holes. Mm. But I can't think of anything more boring than every day. The biggest thing in life is what, what time is my tea time. <laughs> and, and see, I, I would rather be doing this right here with you. I'd rather, I want to add value to people. Mm. And, and what I'm saying is that what, that, that's, that's because I'm passionate about what I do. You also have to be good at it. If you're passionate about something, but you're not good at it, don't make it a career, make it a hobby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I, I know a lot of beautiful, passionate people that just weren't good in their field, so they couldn't get successful. Mm -hmm. Just as if you're good at something, but you're not passionate about it, you won't have the uh, longevity, consistency, and energy to probably excel in that field. So you've got to have both. So, but when you discover what you're passionate about and what you do very well, 
Once you make that discovery, mm. I will guarantee you, you've discovered your purpose. Mm. Now, start doing it every day. I love that chapter in the book because I just think a lot of people, and I, I condense that greatly for us on, on our time together, but a lot of people, they just need to find their purpose. And so I said, I'm just going to write a chapter and help people discover that. Because once you discover it, now it's not about you anymore. You got that wired. You know why you're here. You, hey, you know why you were born. Now, now you can start adding value to people intentionally every day. Well, I love the fact that it's a very personal book and, and you leverage a lot of, of your own personal experiences and, and stories. Of all your books I've read, it's quickly become uh, my favorite. Uh, Thank you. Well, John, I want to ask a couple of questions not directly related to the book, but before I do that, is, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure we, we take away? Well, no, you've been beautiful. and Thanks for the wonderful, insightful questions you've asked. I, I would just say this. When we think about our story, uh, again, when I was in my late 20s, my assistant, Eileen Beavers, for Christmas gave me a book, which I unwrapped in the outside cover of the title of the book was The Greatest Story Ever Told. And I love to read books, and I thought, my gosh, the greatest story ever told. I probably would wait to read this book. I wonder who it is. Wonder what it's all about. And Jeff, I, I opened the book, and much to my surprise, to be honest with you, shock was that the pages were all empty. And Eileen had written a personal note on the front page, which basically said, said "John, your life is before you. Fill these pages with kind words, acts of kindness, matters of your heart. Mm. Make a difference for people and be significant in your life." And that was a life-changing day for me because Eileen basically said to me that I could be the author of my story. I could write my story. And, and Jeff, most people don't write their story. They read their story. Mm. Somebody else writes it. And if somebody else writes my story, it's never going to be the story that God intended for me. I have to write it. I'm the one that he gave the purpose to. And, and so I encourage people, when they read The Intentional Living, to uh, begin to write their own story. Uh, write their story of significance. In fact, we're believing in two years that we're going to uh, to get online a million stories of significance from people. We're going to, we're going to have like a, a chicken soup of the soul significance <laughs> movement. And, and I love it. And, and we're already, I mean, the book's only been out two months. We're already getting thousands and thousands of stories. And uh, I hope that everybody that, of course, is part of your work there goes to startseventday.com. It's It's free. But, but more important, that they get the book. And, and when they get the book, Intentional Living, uh, I talk about how to share your story and how to get it to me. And uh, I, I want to hear from them. I want to hear stories of significance. So thank you for you know, letting me talk about the book. And let's get to maybe a question or two that you have that mm. has nothing to do with the book. <laughs> and and what, a, what an insightful assistant and a powerful yeah. story. I mean, that's, that's just, yeah. that just gives me chills to hear that. Uh, yeah. Well, this is probably a tough question for you to answer in all the reading that you do, but I'm wondering if you could name for us some books you've read over the years that have had a big impact on you. What, what are two or three titles that you keep referring back to again and again? Well, I, I'm, in my, I'm in my office right now, and I'm, I, I'm looking on my bookshelf that's right across my desk. And what I've done, Jeff, is I have a, 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 a group of books on my shelf that are what I call my life-changing books. Mm. And uh, I look at them all the time. And my father put me on a reading program when I was in the seventh grade. And he paid me allowance to read my books. That's how I got paid. Uh, he paid me whatever he bought the book for is what I received. After I read it, I was required to read 30 minutes a day. He picked the books out for me. So I'm looking at books such as uh, The Power of Positive Thinking, mm. Norman Vincent Peale, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, but Dale Carnegie. My gosh. 
Uh, I'm looking at books that, that I read uh, before I graduated uh, from high school that my father intentionally, mm. intentionally put in my life and, and added value. Wow. And then I, I you know, I, I, you know, I got out of high school and, and, you know, graduated from college and started the ministry. And I'm looking at Robert Schuler's book, Move Ahead with Possibility Thinking. I read that in 1972, and he said, the greatest churches have yet to be built. And I remember underlining that. So I think I'd like to build one of them. And by the time I was 29, I had one of the 10 largest churches in America. I'm, 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 I'm looking my gosh, at, at uh, Calvin Miller's book, Walking with the Saints, so a book about great men and women that kind of challenged me. In the recent years, um, I, I, my gosh, I, I'm, I'm looking at Mother Teresa's book. It was her diary, of which she never wanted published. She <laughs> published it, and it's called Come Be My Light. And uh, I not only read it, but I think I bought uh, maybe uh, 500 copies. Wow. And over that, over that year, I gave it to people when I would be with her, so just, just read this book. It's a beautiful picture of a woman who understood intentional living much better than I would ever understand, who gave herself every day to adding value to people. I'm looking at Bob Buford's book, Half Time. Mm. Uh, I read that book probably 15 years ago when I was probably early 50s. Mm. And and it basically said, that, hey, um, you got you, you get a half time in your life and you, you know kind of go to the locker room and assess what you're doing and where you're going and is it where you need to be going and and uh, what are you going to do about it? And it was just kind of a gut check on, on you know, let's make that last half a good half. I, you know, a book I just read recently, but I, I read everything that she writes is uh, Doris Kearns uh, Goodwin's book, oh. A Team of Rivals. Yeah. Um, she's a she's a friend, and, and but I read every book. If, if it's when, when Doris's book comes out, I just, you know, I buy the book. <laughs> but a team, of, but, but it, I, I love leadership, and A Team of Rivals is about Abraham Lincoln and when he was president, basically having a cabinet that, were political adversaries, and yes, he molded in this amazing team, and uh, and just had just a, an incredible ability to lead them and to um, and to lead them well. And I, I just it's 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 to me the finest book on leadership that shows the art form of leading. Mm. Again, I'm looking at Kuz's Impostor book, The Leadership Challenge, which I think is the uh, best leadership book ever written. I'm kind of disgusted to say that since I've written some myself, but, <laughs> but, uh, but those guys, those, those guys were, you know, did a lot of research on leadership and just did a fabulous job on mm. helping describe what leadership is. You know, they're the ones who say, you know, take your vision from me to we, and, mm. and uh, these are books that changed my life. They, these are mm. books that, that were pivotal and, and catalytic in my life to, to take me to another level. And I'm just, I'm just very grateful. And I guess that's why intentional living is so important to me because um, I'm hoping someday, uh, it'll be on somebody's bookshelf uh, in a group of books that was uh, kind of life-changing for them because I think it's got that kind of possibility. Mm. Well, I've been one of the fortunate folks to get a chance to hear you uh, speak a couple of times, most recently at uh, LeaderCast. Uh, I'd be curious to know, John, what are what are some of your tips for delivering an impactful and memorable public talk when you get in front of folks? You know, Jeff, um, I was up in Canton, Ohio recently getting ready to speak to about 3,000 educators. I was talking pretty much about a, a program called Antivirus in Ohio that they're putting in the schools, which teaches character development to kids. So I'm getting ready to speak, and a younger speaker that I had mentored long distance, I had never met him until that day, was uh, beside me, and, and I was just getting ready to speak, and he said, John, what are you thinking of right now? I'm, I'm like three minutes away. And I smiled, and I said, I'm thinking about the people. He said, you're kidding me. 
I said, no, no, I, I'm thinking about the people. He said, you're not thinking about what you're going to speak on? I said, no, I'm thinking about the people. Now, obviously, I had my subject ready to, 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 to deliver. I mean, sure. it wasn't like I was thinking about the people and had no subject. But, <laughs> but the point that I was making is when, when you talk about being a public speaker, you never become a great communicator until the people you speak to is more important than you or the subject you're speaking about. Mm. And so I always think about the people and, and I think about, hey, intentionally, what am I going to do now? I mean, I've got this time. These people, you know, they blocked out 3,000 people, you know, blocked out time, paid money to come to hear me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? i got to add value to them. i got I got to, when I'm done, have them look at each other and say, okay, I'm better now. And so when people talk about public speaking, I say you got to lose yourself. I, too many people who speak publicly, it's about their subject, it's about them. Mm. And you can tell immediately when a person hasn't fallen in love with the people that he or she communicates mm -hmm. with. So it's about them. And so I, I, I want to connect with them. My first responsibility is to connect with them. Now, once I connect with them, now what I'm going to speak on is going to be phenomenal because uh, <laughs> I, they already like me. They already say, oh, my gosh, John's going to help me. He's my friend. Mm -hmm. And so now they're, they're taking notes and, they're, you know, they're, they're, ready to, they're ready to listen to the subject. But, but you got to let people know how much you value them and value the time with them and that you want to add value to them. And so great speaking begins with having a heart for people. Three H's, have a heart for the people that help them, help them. Well, and help them means be practical. Okay, this is an important subject, intentional living. So help them. How, how do they live intentionally? How are they going to do that? I mean, the whole book is a self-help book on how to have mm -hmm. an intentional life and be significant. And, and then thirdly, the third H is hope. Give them hope. Give them hope. Napoleon said leaders are dealers in hope, and I just truly believe that. And so uh, after you've given them your heart and they know that you care for them and that you've given them some practice and you've helped them, then, then the last thing is just say, hey, okay, look, let me tell you something. You can do this. You, you can do this. And probably when I finished Intentional Living, Jeff, the thing that was most fulfilling to me was I finished writing a book, and I then basically said, okay, share with me your story of significance. And I, and I said to myself, what I put in this book will not only change lives, but it's available to every person that reads this book. Mm. I put the cookies on the lower shelf. I, I really did. I, <laughs> it, you, know, I, 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 you don't have to get a ladder. You don't have to get a ladder and reach for them. <laughs> I get stoop down a little bit because I put them real low. I put them, I, I, I put them so low that my nine-year-old grandson <laughs> said, said, Papa, I, I think I'm going to open doors today for mm. people to smile and say, have a good day. Mm. So, um, that's what I try to do in public speaking, those three H's. Excellent. Well, our mutual friend, uh, Dan Miller, several years ago, recommended that I subscribe to Success Magazine, and it's one of the smartest things I ever did. And John, by the way, is gracing the December 2015 cover, and it's written for the magazine for uh, seven or eight years now. Uh, but I was excited to learn as I read the latest issue, John, uh, about your new role with Success. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the, uh, Success Magazine greatly impacted me when I, in, in the in the 1970s when I was yet very young. For years, it was, I mean, every month I, when I got it, I whatever I was doing, I stopped and I, I read that magazine from cover to cover because it had so many practical helps and helped me be successful. So my friend Stuart Johnson came out and said, I'm going to bring the magazine back with the original intent of, of helping people be successful in their life. I, I said, then let me be your first subscriber. And uh, so I started writing for him and, and obviously talking about it. And so a few months ago, he came, approached me and said, John, he said, look, he said, uh, 
you've unofficially been an ambassador for success. Would you be an ambassador for success magazine? I said, what's that mean? He said, well, uh, write in the magazine, interview some top CEOs, successful people for us, and uh, just basically uh, underline the importance of, of that magazine in people's lives. I said, my gosh, Stuart, if that's what ambassador is for this magazine, of course I'll do that. I, I would love to do that. It, it helps people. And so I am doing that, and uh, I would, again, share with all of your uh, people that you influence in a beautiful way, Jeff, that uh, – if they're not subscribers to success, get get there. I mean, here's my challenge to anybody. You get Success Magazine. It's impossible to read that magazine from cover to cover and not come out with three or four nuggets, mm. principles, ideas that will help you become a more successful person. Mm. I, I, I've, I've done it for years, and I always have takeaways and say, wow, okay, I'm better because I read that magazine. So I'm excited about it and uh, glad to be an ambassador. Mm. Uh, I, I would be whether Stuart wanted me to or not because it's just a great magazine. <laughs> well, it's it's no accident uh, that I've been subscribing for nearly three years, and the last three years of my life, personally and professionally, have been the three best ones. <laughs> so, yeah, no I, I, I'm a big fan of, of the magazine for sure, and highly recommend it. Jeff, Jeff, in the 1970s, when Success Unlimited came, which is now Success Magazine, and I'll never forget in one of the articles that had John Wood's Pyramid of Success. And I remember tearing that page out. I mean, you know, back then I was hokey as could be, and, <laughs> and, and putting it on some cardboard, and then and then putting it in a place on my desk where I could see that pyramid of success every day. And I memorized it. Little did I know that several years later, John Wood would become not only a personal friend of mine, but he would become a mentor of mine. And in my early mentoring days with him, he asked me if I knew about the pyramid of success and. I said, Coach, I sure do. And I told him what I'm telling you. And then I proceeded to go through the pyramid and, and tell him what each one of the character traits was. And he looked at me and said, you, you do know this stuff. I, I'm indebted to it. It's a great, it's a great uh, magazine. I hope all of your people get it. John, thanks again so much for taking time out to appear on the show. It means a lot. It's an absolute thrill, and we really, really appreciate it. It's my joy, and thank you, Jeff because you're the one that's uh, adding value to so many people. And uh, if there's something we did together today that helps the people that uh, are part of your program and show that I'm a happy, happy guy. Does that sound good? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Take care. Again, that website that John referred to is start7daysplural.com. That's start7days.com. John says that intentional living begins with 10 minutes a day. You will learn how to live a life that matters, he says. Again, that's start7days.com. The other links and resources we discussed, including the number of books that John recommended, are all in the show notes. If you'd like to refer back to those, simply visit readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash 108 for episode 108. I want to say thanks to Doug Piper, who gave the podcast a five-star rating and review in iTunes, saying the episodes are always awesome. And In the Army Now 99, who gives it five stars and says, why did it take me so long to find this podcast? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm glad you did. Don't forget to be notified when registration opens for Read to Lead University. Just text UNIVERSITY to 33444. Or visit our website at readtoleadpodcast.com. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead Podcast. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Oh, 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 oh,